So that celebration is far different from the one that we're having today. But in important ways, we find that the celebration that happened that day is very similar to the celebration that we are having now. Because that day and today, we're all longing for salvation. You know, as Jesus entered Jerusalem that day, the people sang songs and they offered prayers that begged for salvation, such as Psalm 118, verses 25-26, which says, Save us, we pray, which is the Hebrew word, Hosanna. Save us, Hosanna, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. See, Hosanna is a Latinized transliteration of the Hebrew phrase, Hoshiana, which means please save or save us now. And the people of Jesus' day, they longed for salvation. What they thought their biggest problem was and what they really wanted salvation from at that time was Rome. You see, since 63 B.C., when the Roman general Pompey had conquered Israel, Israel had been oppressed by the Romans. And the Romans forced the Israelites to do all kinds of things that any devout Jew would never do. They forced them to eat pork. Um, They forced them to pay tribute and worship Caesar. They forbade circumcision. The Romans were actually just trying to outlaw Judaism. They, They were trying to force the Jews from following the Lord. And moreover, whenever the um. Whenever there was an uprising, the Romans violently suppressed any uprising or rebellion. You know, it was probably about when Jesus was just a teenager, maybe 13 or 14 years old, there was a a man by the name of Zadok the Pharisee who led a revolution around Jerusalem and had 2,000 of his followers who followed him but were captured and were killed. And the Romans hung them all on crosses along the road for people to see. This is how Rome deals with rebellion. So as of this Passover feast that we just read about, when Jesus came riding into town, there had been 32 political riots in the past five years. 32 riots in the last five years. Can you imagine 32 riots in Washington, D.C. over the course of the last five years? As Jesus rode into Jerusalem that first Palm Sunday, the people were ready and they were longing for salvation. And they believed that what they needed salvation from, their greatest problem, what they really wanted Jesus to do, was to save them from Rome. So they prayed, Hosanna, save us, save us from Rome. Well, today, in the midst of our Palm Sunday celebration, Jesus is riding into our midst. Now, we haven't physically come out to see him, but you've showed up here today virtually hoping for something. You showed up here virtually today, hoping for some kind of salvation. And people in our world, and maybe you yourself, are right now crying out, Hosanna, save us. And what do we think we most need to be saved from? What are we most crying out for salvation from? Coronavirus, COVID-19. We're crying, Hosanna, save us. Save us from the financial ruin that this virus threatens. Save us from the social isolation that it causes. Save us from our lack of toilet paper, our lack of food, our lack of essentials. Hosanna, save us. And so as Jesus rides today into your living room, this Palm Sunday, people are still looking for salvation. And many believe that the greatest problem we face right now is COVID-19 and all the collateral problems that that virus is causing us. And so this Palm Sunday, just like The very first Palm Sunday, people are crying out, Hosanna, save us. Save us from coronavirus. Save us from all of its effects. See, the problem is, Jesus has come to save us. Jesus has come to save us. 
but he hasn't come to save us the way that we expected or the way that we wanted or the way that we even asked him. You see, we read that when Jesus rode into town that first Palm Sunday, he didn't make his way to the Roman barracks, did he? He didn't make his way to to take out Rome and to overthrow them. He made his way to the temple. He didn't make his way to the heart of Roman occupation that day. He made his way to the heart of the Jewish nation. You see, as usual, the real problem that humanity has It lies a little closer to home than any of us really want to admit. You see, we want to believe that the biggest problem that any one of us face right now is out there. We want to believe that the biggest problem that we face right now is the Romans, is the government, is the coronavirus, is the economy. We want to believe in our lives that the real problem is my wife, my husband, my children, my job, this pandemic, the system, those people. And so all of us, live our lives crying out, Hosanna, praying for those, praying for a Messiah to come and to save us, to change those problems, to change that situation, to change those people, to change those systems. We want a Messiah, a Savior, who's going to ride into town and change everything, everything, well, except me. But Jesus rides into town and he starts with us. You know, we convince ourselves that our biggest problems, the ones that we really need to be saved from, our biggest problems are out there. We want a Messiah who's going to conquer the Romans, a Messiah who's going to conquer coronavirus, but who in the process will not conquer us. However, when Jesus rode into town that first Palm Sunday, where did he head? He headed straight to the heart of our greatest problem. And the problem is our relationship with God. You see, the account says that Jesus rode into town and headed straight to the temple. And we heard Jesus quote the words of the Lord spoken through the prophet Isaiah from Isaiah 56.7. It says, For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. You see, the temple was supposed to be a light to the nations, a house of prayer by which all peoples on earth might come and worship. It was supposed to be a means of connection, of relationship with God. However, instead of being a place where men and women might come and confess and truly fellowship with God, the temple would become a place where people believed that they could just dupe God and escape judgment. Jesus references the words then of the prophet Jeremiah calling the temple a den of robbers. This is the full context. It says, Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known, and then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We're delivered, only to go on doing all these abominations? Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, I myself have seen it, declares the Lord. You see, the people in that day were acting as though they could live however they wanted and then just show up and perform a couple of sacrifices and be forgiven. Just as robbers hide in the den, they thought that they could find safety and comfort and solace in the temple and its sacrifices. They'd become a place where they believed they could run and find solace and safety without true repentance. They thought they could just sacrifice a couple of animals and somehow that would cover over their unrepentant sins. That there might be a way for God to forgive regardless of your heart or of your motives. So Jesus, who's the Messiah, the Savior, rides into town and he declares Israel, 
I'm here to tell you that your biggest problem is not Rome. Israel, your biggest problem is Israel. It's like that famous Pogo comic says, we have met the enemy and he is us. Friends, your biggest problem is not out there. Sam, clear the comic. <laughs> we have met the enemy and he is us. And friends, your biggest problem, your biggest problem is not out there. Your biggest problem is not the Romans. Your biggest problem is not the coronavirus. Your biggest problem is not your spouse. The biggest problem that you have is not your boss. It's not society. Your biggest problem is actually right here. Because no matter how you feel right now, your biggest problem is not coronavirus, but the infection of sin, which is contagious and 100% deadly. Your biggest problem is not potential financial ruin, but spiritual bankruptcy. The wrongs you have done and the good you have left undone have accrued a moral debt that you are unable to ever repay, and you'll need more than some stimulus package if you're going to recover from this one. Your biggest problem right now is not social distancing and isolation from other people. It's the spiritual distance and the isolation that we have from God the Father. Because social distancing will pass. I promise you, this too will pass. But spiritual distance from God? That doesn't pass so easily or so automatically. And humanity's biggest problem has never been out there. Friends, our biggest problem has always been right here. And when Jesus rides into town, he heads for the heart of the problem. Jesus doesn't come to fix things for us. Jesus has come to fix us. The gospel, the good news is that Jesus has not come to fix things for us. He has come to fix us. You see, this current COVID-19 crisis has already been stripping away from us all the places and the practices in our lives that lulled us into that sense of false and dangerous security. You know, we trust in medical technology to keep us alive, and we feel like it can keep us alive indefinitely. But we're discovering that for all it can do, the current crisis reminds us our medical technology has limits. You know, we've trusted in our government to always take care of us. But for any good that the government might do, partisan bickering and a slow, anemic, sometimes foolish reaction to this crisis has reminded us that the government's wisdom has limits. We have believed that our economy and the mighty dollar would always provide for us. But the economy is ground to a halt. Debt, both national and personal, is mounting. Jobs are being lost. Homes and livelihoods are in jeopardy. The dollar is exposed as powerless to always provide for us. And we believed that our religious ministrations, our weekly attendance at some large gathering in a particular building, or maybe going out into the world and doing good by touching the untouchable, that that's the sum total of what it means to have a relationship with God. But the current crisis prevents us from doing either one of those things. My relationship with God must be more than just my religious activity or some social justice warring. Connection with God needs to not just be, and must not just be, about me. And my connection with God cannot be wholly dependent upon some service or some physical building. 
We've believed that our presumed moral goodness made us somehow deserving of a blessing, deserving of a life devoid of suffering and poverty, pandemic, or isolation. But this current crisis is proving otherwise. And more than that, the current crisis and the lack of routine, what's it done? Well, it's forced us into close quarters with one another, and it's simply exposed our depravity. I mean, we've become even more aware of our easy irritation with others. We've become more aware of our quick to anger towards people and situations. We've become more aware of our weaknesses in the face of unsupervised or unaccountable temptation. We've become more aware of our willingness to listen to fear instead of faith. Our selfishness, we've become more aware of it when it comes to our time, our space, our wants, our toilet paper. Our tendency towards gluttony as we work just a few steps now from the refrigerators being exposed. Our sloth and our laziness when it comes to our work is being revealed. Our apathy towards God, because we have all the time in the world now, but how is it that we still don't seem to have time to work on our relationship with him? This pandemic has exposed us and the sin that is still in our lives and in our hearts. The current pandemic has begun to tear away at all those things that gave us a false sense of security, and it's exposed our true and our real need. So today, friends, today is a great day for Jesus to ride into town. Because he rides into town and he says, hey, listen, if there's anything left that you're still clinging to, I'm here to turn over those final tables so that instead you will find real, true, and lasting security in me. Because the greatest enemy that needs to be overthrown is not the Romans, and it's not the coronavirus. The greatest enemy that needs to be overthrown is our sinful and rebellious hearts that trust in everything except for Jesus. Friends, even if the Romans were removed from your lives, even if the coronavirus pandemic ended today, and everyone was miraculously healed, and the economy restarted on Monday, and the socially distant were all reconciled, even if your husband started to listen to you or your wife started to respect you, even if your children become perfect and your boss becomes reasonable, even if your physical relational brokenness are healed, even if your social the social discrimination against you was gone, even if your chains of struggle and addiction fall off and luck always starts to go your way, even if every Roman is conquered and quieted, there's still a problem, and that problem is you. Jesus rode into Jerusalem that first Palm Sunday for the same reason that he wants to ride into your heart today. To begin a revolution that unseats you and unseats everything else that you've seated upon the throne of your life. To unseat all the false gods and the idols in whom you trust and to be crowned king of your life and to start his work changing you and changing this world. Friends, Jesus is not the Messiah that we want. He's not the Messiah that we asked for, but he is the Messiah, the Savior, that we need. We really want a Messiah that's going to mess with the Romans. It's going to change them. We want a Messiah who's going to snap his fingers and make the coronavirus and all its effects go away. But even if he did that, friends, even if he did all of that, the problem still remains because the problem is me. The problem is you. The problem is our spiritual distance from God. The problem is our hearts trusting in all the wrong things for salvation. Our problem is that our hearts 
desire and seek all the wrong things for security. So Jesus comes to town, he turns over the tables, and he asks, do you really mean it? Hosanna, save us. Do you really want to be saved? Not from the things you think you need to be saved from. But do you really want to be saved from the things that you need to be saved from? So friends, this socially distant Palm Sunday, will you invite Jesus to draw near to you? Because of Jesus' sacrifice on Good Friday, he made a way that our hearts can be cleansed and our sins can be forgiven. He made a way that us spiritually distant people can now be drawn near to God. By his resurrection on Easter Sunday, Jesus offers us new and eternal life that begins here and now and will continue eternally. And after his resurrection, Jesus ascended on high. He was seated at the right hand of God the Father. He was crowned as King of all kings and Lord of all lords. And he's the only king who can truly save, the only Lord who can and should rightly rule your life. Jesus may not be the Messiah, the Savior, the King that you wanted, but I promise you, He's the Messiah, the Savior, the King that we all desperately need. And he is ridden into town today, on Palm Sunday, to deal with your most serious problem. You. It's a problem that no medicine, no money, no meditation, no mediation, and no miracle can touch. Jesus has offered a solution to that problem by his death and his resurrection. Friends, this current crisis has exposed the weakness of all the things in which we've trusted. It has exposed all of our own sin. It has exposed our greatest need is not out there. Our greatest need is right here. It exposes our need for a Savior. And will you invite him to ride into your life today if you have not? And church, for those of us that have trusted Jesus and invited him to ride in and to be king, are there tables that he still needs to overturn in your heart? Are there things in which you're still wrongly trusting that you need him to overturn and to overthrow so that he can truly be king? Because Jesus is here. He's written into your living room right now. And he's asking you, do you mean it? Hosanna, save us. Do you really want to be saved from what you need to be saved from? Friends, how will you respond to him today? Amen. If you have a prayer request, I think people have